Hello everybody, this is Robbie Jacobs here, executive producer of BCC, and I'm excited to be with you again for the second episode of our new podcast, Now is the Time. And excitingly this week, we have two special guests. You're first of all going to hear from Jorge Sousa, our Opus Nuevo composer, who's going to be working with the upper choirs. And then later on, we're going to be bringing on the one, the only executive director of Boston Children's Chorus, Andres Holder. So some great special guests lined up. And if you've got any questions that you'd like to put to these guests or to some guests of the future, you can email in at podcast at bostonchildrenschorus.org. Podcast at bostonchildrenschorus.org. All right. So as you know, the main point of this podcast is to make sure that all of us health and safety precautions that we're lining up ready for the new season are super clear and in a place where you can get them if you don't want to read a boring document. So before we jump into the fun and exciting part of this, where you get to hear from our special guests, I want to remind you of a couple of the most recent updates that you'll be hearing about ready for the new season. So if you're in an upper choir, listen up. You will be rehearsing inside and you will be able to come into Boston Children's Chorus central location in South Boston to be part of those rehearsals. We're gonna be asking you to wear a mask every time you come into the building. And in a bit of a change to how we used to do things in the past, our premises is not gonna be that kind of community center, come whenever you want, come straight from school, come and do your homework. For now, we're gonna be in a place where doors are gonna open 15 minutes before the rehearsal and you can come in, do the rehearsal and you'll be right out of there. So. Be ready for that, especially if you're traveling by public transport, please don't get there super early. Make sure that you line up your transportation right in time for rehearsal, getting there 15 minutes early. If you're a parent of someone coming to Boston Children's Chorus's headquarters, same thing there. We are gonna have a waiting room where you you can come and, and wait for your singer to be finished with rehearsal. But because of our space restrictions, there's only space for 15 people at a time in that waiting room. So please, if you're coming by car and you have the ability to wait in your car, please leave that space for people who are traveling by public transport. If you're a singer in a lower choir, the situation is going to look a little bit different for you. So all lower choir rehearsals, that's for singers who are in training and intermediate choirs, you're going to be rehearsing at First Parish Church in Dorchester. All of those rehearsals are going to be outside in the green area next to First Paris Church. And we're working right now really hard to make sure that we have a option there where you can rehearse outside, but under a tent cover. So um, if it's slightly raining and the weather's a little bit damp, we'll still be able to carry on consistent rehearsals and they won't be canceled because of weather. Now, if it's really pouring or there's snow or it's disgusting outside, then we will have to come up with a contingency plan and that contingency plan is going to look like a one-off virtual rehearsal and we'll let you know very early on the morning of the rehearsal 6 a.m in the morning you'll receive an email confirming that the rehearsal is either outside the church or happening via zoom so in a nutshell that's where we are if you have any questions about all of that material please do let us know get in touch we can answer your questions either by email or if you'd like to right into the podcast and contribute to this content podcast at bostonchildrenschorus.org is where you can get in touch with us now let's get on to the fun bit 
So it's a huge honor and pleasure to have Jorge on the podcast today. Jorge, hello, how are you doing? Wonderful. I am so excited uh, to be collaborating with BCC again. This is uh, just a fantastic, fantastic opportunity. And I'm very excited to, um, first of all, for the podcast and then for, uh, for what's coming up this season. Yeah, fantastic. And our CIA singers or people who were in CIA a couple of years ago know you already because they worked with you on I Am A Dreamer Who No Longer Dreams, the opera that we did with Whitesnake Opera in 2018. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about that experience and how you first got involved in that opera? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, well, it was, uh, you know, just an incredible experience, I think, for uh, for all of us who, who were involved. And uh, and I, I loved uh, working with BCC. We all did. And so it, it, it'll be fantastic to come back and, and, and see these singers, uh, you know, a few years later and just mm -hmm. to see how much they've grown. Uh, just artistically and personally and reconnect with them. And uh, I think it'll be, a, a, I'm very much looking forward to that experience. Uh, and, you know, Dreamer was, uh, for me, for my career, for my musical output, just a, one of those, um, one of those iconic moments, I would say, a real turnaround point for me. Um, you know, it was my first fully staged opera um and 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 you know and to this day i think one of our most successful projects uh people keep uh talking about it and uh, uh and you know finding it and uh, and 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 you know it really touched a lot of people who came to see the show and and in and in years afterwards um uh, it, it's still a show that 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 resonates with with people, um, particularly with, uh, of course, people from the Latinx community or uh, and and migrant communities who who really see themselves represented in this in this work. Yeah, and I know that for our kids, the experience of of being part of that and seeing amazing professionals at work and being part of an opera that had such a strong ethos and, and message was really transformational. So big shout out to Cerise Jacobs for um, being the producer of that and to the whole I Am A Dreamer Who No Longer Dreams team for such an incredible experience and production. Thank you so much for involving BCC in that. And Jorge, I wonder if you might be able to give us a little background on how you became a composer, what inspired you to become a composer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, you know, my my background, um, you know, like a lot of I, I guess like a lot of the BCC kids uh, didn't really have music programs in in school. So actually, there was a, that that sort of uh, void in my in my childhood uh, formation. So I uh, I really came to music at a at a later age, and uh, I I taught myself how to play. Uh, guitar and uh, I started playing actually in in rock bands and uh, and and punk bands uh, when I was a teenager, and um, and I actually I auditioned for the National Conservatory in Mexico and uh, and I was told I was too too old, too <laughs> old to to start, um, but I was very fortunate that I found a a a small private music school in Mexico 
that uh, that was led by my my former my, my teacher and mentor Maria Antonieta Lozano, who uh, who recently passed, um, called CIEM uh, Centro Investigación y Estudios de la Música, and so I, I I you know they took me in and at age eighteen I couldn't read music, uh, and I couldn't play the piano, and I was you know sort of entering this music school for the first time. Uh, so I, you know, I, I started quite late, I, would, I, I guess. And I, you know, even though I started late with formal training, by age 18, I, had, I was already writing songs, mm. uh, you know, and, and gigging and, and, and playing, and I was a songwriter. So they, they were great in that they, they recognized this in, uh, in, in me and in many others like me. I think uh, what you're saying there about not necessarily being able to read music from notation or have some of those technical skills will register with quite a lot of our talented BCC singers who, who are amazing musicians, have fantastic ears, beautiful voices, and sometimes feel that there can be a barrier when it comes to learning some music theory or, or sight reading or those kind of skills which can often stop access to um, music education at, at a secondary level. And I, I think it's powerful a powerful message to, to hear from you. If you're 16, you don't necessarily have those skills and you d don't give up, you know, because you, you, can, you can learn them. It's not something which you can either do or you can't. Yeah, um, I, I've sort of, we've sort of made it our mission, I've made it my mission to, to help, uh, you know, young musicians who, uh, who for whatever reason didn't have access to, to music, um, you know, formal music training when they were, uh, when they were young. And it is a barrier in, in, in conservatories and, and music schools. So actually at, at Malloy College where I teach, we, we kind of specialize in taking uh, self-taught musicians who can't read music and they come to college at age 18 and, and we are able to, to really teach them how to read and and how to become um, you know artists um, mm -hmm. so I, you have to recognize some some limitations you know i did certainly i knew even though i, I started playing the piano when i got into music school i knew i was never going to be a, a concert pianist but that was not the point that was not my track and just because i can't really play the piano as well as uh, my colleagues you know, uh, that doesn't mean that I don't have skills that are unique to me, which are, you know, access to technology, creativity, a, a very wealth, uh, you know, wealth of music, uh, music uh, heritage and music knowledge from, uh, from diverse cultures. And uh, so, you know, all that has served me well. Yeah, and I just want to pick up on something you said there about the, the technological aspect of music making, because when we met to talk about the piece that you're going to be writing for Boston Children's Chorus in the coming year, one of the things that we both got very excited about was this idea of soundscaping and technology and um, uh, audio editing being part of it. And I wonder if you might be able to share a couple of insights about the kind of ideas that we've had around creating a piece which directly relates to environmental justice and incorporating technology into that process. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited about this work and it's been on my mind ever since we began talking about it. And uh, so, I, uh, you know, uh, there will be a lot of discussion around uh, around this. But from the music standpoint, uh, one thing that I wanted to do was, um, yeah, share my um, my passion for electronic music. Um, 
which you know for for the BCC artists for the young artists at BCC it's a uh, it, digital music is just second nature to them mm-hmm. um, and and so I think that this digital language is um, it, it's it's now really prevalent and and um, so we should learn to um, so you know as part of the of the of the uh, composition process and the collaboration process. Uh, my plan is to uh, do a session or a couple of sessions uh, and and give some uh, workshops on how to do some audio editing, some field recordings. Um, and the, the plan is to embed the sounds of our environment, uh, of their environment, more importantly their environment. What is What, what does their environment sound like? And, and the objective is twofold. One, to open their ears to sound, not only to music, but to sound and to, and to uh, become sensible about the wealth of sound and sound sources that are around us. And the other part is to teach them how to do some basic audio, audio editing that they can apply not only for this piece, but for their own creative uh, output. I think that that's going to be such an amazing thing to come out of our experience during the pandemic of creating all these virtual recordings where singers have been in their bedrooms recording um, into their computers and for our upper choir singers have some experience in editing their own recordings um, so that they can get the best possible takes of each piece. And now to apply that artistically to a piece which we'll probably sing live but will have a pre-recorded element as well is, is really thrilling. And I want to just um, talk a little bit about the theme for next year. We, you've, the listeners will know that we're going to be exploring environmental justice through our theme. Now is the time. And Jorge, we spoke a little bit about some of your previous music and focus on environmental justice in some of uh, some works that you've composed recently. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited about this, uh, especially because just a few days after we spoke. Uh, the new UN report uh, on climate change uh, came out and, and the outcome is, is, you know, it's a very thorough report and, and it's, it's, not, it, it's not looking good. It's, uh, it's, we are in, 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 in at a turning point and what the report says is that we've really crossed the threshold and that the world will never be the same it will not be the world that I knew for sure that I knew as a kid when I was uh, their age and even less so say my parents. Um, so I also have a five year old son and I, I want to I wanna be sure that there is a, a, a world left for him. And I think that's the, that's the key part to all this for our um, there are all these old mostly men in their 70s and older who are who are making life-changing and world-altering decisions uh, but it's actually the generation of the BCC artists and and the generation of my five-year-old son who are who are going to really suffer the consequences of those actions or inactions and and that's what I want to focus on I want to hear what our BCC young artists have to say it shouldn't be only about what I want to say and what I think, but but it should be about about them, 
uh, we should hear their voices. And I think the title of the piece of the project is somewhere there. It's about listening to their voices, about hearing their voices, about amplifying their message. Um, so I look forward to a lot of candid discussions and, and for all of us to learn together about uh, climate change, about environmental justice, about social justice, about the, the intersectionalities between environmental, uh, environmental justice and social justice and, and how um, and also to, to take action. Uh, the purpose of the project is that at the end we, we will have a, a conversation about what we learned and we'll, uh, and we'll write down action points that we will carry out in our, in our you know, home environment at BCC, in our environment in Boston or, or, or wherever it is that we live. So, um, so you know, there should be some, some actions that, that we take. Jorge, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I'm so excited to get this project up and going. I think that your artistry and uh, the combination of your artistry and your thoughts about environmental and social justice are a prime example of BCC's mission of trying to connect our communities, work towards a social justice outcome through music. And, and I think this is going to be a, a, a beautiful partnership. So thank you for working with us and thank you for taking the time to speak to me today. Oh, no, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. And uh, BCC, Young artist, I will see you soon. I am so excited to, to be with you again, to meet some new friends, to reacquaint myself with, with some of the uh, singers that, that we worked on uh, with, with Dreamer. So uh, I just can't wait. So it'll, it's going to be a really fun year. Fantastic. See you later, Jorge. Thank you. I think we can all agree that Jorge is an absolutely amazing collaborator. So if you're an upper choir singer and you're listening, be ready for an amazing experience composing with Jorge, writing a piece around environmental justice and incorporating all of that amazing material that you've just heard him speaking about. And now I'm really excited to bring on our second special guest of the day. This is someone that you're very familiar with. You've probably seen him in lots of BCC videos and around the BCC community over the last year. It's our executive director, Andres Holder. Um, so Andres, welcome. Welcome to BCC's new podcast. Thank you. This is my first time on a podcast. I've never actually done this before, so I'm, I'm excited for what this will be. Absolutely exciting times. Welcome back from vacation. Are you feeling rested and ready to go? I'm ready to go. Preparations are ongoing for first rehearsal, so I'm very excited to be back. Andres, how are we going to make sure that our singers stay safe and are able to rehearse when they come back in person in September? That's really the, the focus of our work currently. I mean, if I, I listened to the first, the inaugural BCC podcast with Miss E, um, and it was, you know, she was sharing names and, and, and kind of places that the people that are in the parent um, task force that we've been consulting with um, have been, you know, guiding us along this thinking. So I'm really excited that we'll have upper choirs at BCC Central at, at um, 20 Old Colony. I think, you know, those, that particular group, and these are individuals um, ages 12 and up, um, really have, you know, taken hold of uh, vaccination pretty seriously. We, we've mm -hmm. surveyed 
that pool of people that are registered and we have a 98% vaccination uh, rate in that group. So that's one layer of, of safety. I mean, we are gonna be singing masks indoors, which is um, not the most comfortable, but it's essentially one of the precautions that we must take to make sure that we continue to, to mitigate risk in every single way we can particularly with this new, more contagious um, Delta variant. And then mm -hmm. uh, for, for those who are unable to get vaccinated yet, those um, below the ages of 12, um, we're, we're really looking forward to getting together outside. Um, I, for us, last year being on Zoom was, was a must. We, we, we didn't want to say goodbye to all these wonderful people that make art and change their worlds um, through their uh, connection to BCC. Um, and we're really excited to welcome people back together and in full groups outside um, to make sure that we're doing our best to keep everyone safe. Um, so, and that also, you know, I think it's gonna help with the social emotional learning and, and just the connectivity that we've all missed um, for the last year. Um, but for both groups, those below the age of 12 or, 12 or above the age of 12. Mm -hmm. Awesome, and for people who are coming back into the building, you're one of BCC's only staff members who's been in the building consistently throughout the pandemic right and it's <laughs> yes. going to look a little bit different for people i wonder if you can tell everybody what's been going on and what to expect wow of, of course yeah so 20 old colony looks and feels a little bit different uh, when you get to the outside of the building um, you'll see that the building has been painted there's some murals on the outside we do have a couple new neighbors that have moved into the building uh, construction on some of the spaces in the first level are about to be completed. So you'll see a lot of plants and, and green stuff outside, which is exciting. And then um, actually, I just saw today, some of the um, brick in the main hallways has been painted white. So it, it looks and feels entirely different than what it looked like when I first got to Boston uh, yeah. a year ago. Um, and then on the second floor, um, which is where our suite is, uh, the entryway has been entirely re reconfigured because the second floor now is a shared space. It always uh, was intended to be a shared space, but we have our suite, which is now suite 200. And then our neighbors, a technology startup um, innovation company called Freight Farms is occupying suite 201, which is the space that I was told BCC used to refer to as the upside down. <laughs> um, so those offices have now been completely um, finished. They are opening that space up and there'll be people working in those offices next door to BCC. Fantastic. And is there going to be a specified dog area for BCC now that the upside down has been has been taken over? <laughs> uh, we will keep the dogs in BCC uh, space only. I, I must no, admit no running that, in the upside down. <laughs> I must admit that I was um, I was pretty pleased when you started to see that the boss was a dog enthusiast because it's been it's been a great aspect for me of BCC that Banjo has a place there as well. So and now he's best friends with Chico. Yeah, Chico's been you know he hasn't had friends to say hi regularly at BCC, so we're excited for people to come into the building and for him to get to meet everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I had a question about Chico. Um, yeah. Clearly, he is a front runner for BCC's cutest dog contest, and and I think that. <laughs> It would be fun for you to tell us a little bit about Chico's personality and also how you decided to give him that name. I mean, I think Chico, Ollie, and Banjo, all three should be the front runners here. Um, uh, but no, Chico is the smallest of a litter of five. Um, 
so that's where we got to the name Chico because he was the smallest, means small and boy, both in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, he's he's a very snuggly, very happy-go-lucky dog. He's super chill, um, very very calm, except if he wants your attention, at which point he will whine at you nonstop, which you know very well. <laughs> You've hung out with him. Um, Chico and I are best so yeah. friends. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't do this kind of like overly dramatic hello for really anyone like he won't do it even for me unless i leave him for like a week and a half um, but every time he sees you he just loses his mind you just <laughs> well, know how to rub his belly i guess i'm definitely the dog whisperer of bcc and i i'm pleased to have taken that title <laughs> andres i wanted to ask you a question about some of the experiences you've had earlier in your career and in and in particular one which I know that a lot of BCC singers will be very excited to hear a bit more about which is your collaborations and your previous work with the Pacer and Paul duo in particular the Dear Evan Hansen work that you did is you know I when that musical first came out there were singers in in my choirs who couldn't stop singing it we were singing something else in rehearsal and they were still singing the songs from that musical so are there any yeah. great stories or insights that you can share with us about your time working on Dear Evan Hansen? Oh, great stories. I don't know if great stories. I mean, I will say it was a little bit odd, or it is a little bit odd looking back at that time. Um, so I was part of the company management team at Arena Stage where Evan Hansen had its, Dear Evan Hansen had its um, out-of-town tryout in D.C. And um, company managers essentially... Um, we take care of visiting artists. A lot of the work that Arena Stage does really relies on local talent, but also talent that comes to DC from many different parts of the country and the world. So I was part of the team that assisted the artists everywhere from their paperwork to their housing accommodations, their travel, um, anything they might need in in terms of making the host uh, city their home for the three or four months they were with us. Mm -hmm. So um on a regular basis we would do the thing we would call show check which is a company manager would stay behind um late into the evening until right before the show started so that we could see all the artists face to face and for dear van hansen this is one of the shows where i would routinely stay later and later and later into the night um i probably saw waving through the window probably north of 50 times amazing just what watching a, the show like yeah. you know in previews and, and change and evolve and there's so many other songs that didn't make the cut um does anybody have a map which opens the show was an entirely different opening sequence um and you know there's just a whole bunch of you know seeing the show kind of grow and evolve was a real real privilege um and working with justin and benj um, which, you know, we, I was, wasn't in the rehearsal room with them. I was more their like city host and showing them around and telling them what to do when they weren't working was a, a, a real nice, um, privilege too. And obviously the, the Michigan connection there, they, uh, like I did at the university of Michigan, they were in the musical theater department and I was in the theater design and production department, which supported a lot of the empty production. So it was a right. lot of fun. And were you a big musical theater fan before you got to work with them? Like you knew who they were when they were coming into the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Actually, (laughs) there's a video that I told um, Benj I watched. They composed this song called Biggest Class Ever. Um, When they were graduating, they did this like, you know, senior send off that the musical theater department does every year. 
And that's one of the videos that I watched when I was in Panama, kind of like longing to go to this university and kind of being mm. around all these creative people making um, amazing musical theater. Um, and I told him, you know, I, I watched this video a million times. And he was like, yeah, we wrote that. And my head just exploded. I had no idea that the two of them. Have <laughs> Do you think that there's any chance that we might get those those guys coming to write a song for BCC in the future? I won't make any promises, um, but every now and then I'll drop Ben to text and say like, hey, do you have any openings in 24 or 36 months? So I'll just keep asking and see, you know, if we're going to be in town and see if we can do something together. So you never know. Yeah, I'm not going to give up, though. It'd be awesome even if they were just in town and come and meet the singers and maybe we could perform exactly. one of their songs for them and just mm-hmm. get their responses. I'm interested to know what have been the major challenges outside of, I guess, of the obvious things of the pandemic. What have been the major challenges of your first year at BCC? Because we've just hit the anniversary, right? Yeah, um, July 29th was my official uh, first year, although I that was I started in D.C. I started working for BCC remotely, so we didn't get to Boston until late August. So mm-hmm. um, it challenges i i mean pandemic aside the obvious things of you know not really being able to hear music on a regular basis and not being able to meet all the singers and their families i think the biggest challenge for bcc is just the the plethora of opportunities we have in front of us and um you know despite the challenges the pandemic has has posed for our organization there's so much um breadth and depth of the relationship between, you know, the singers, their communities and the places that BCC can show up that it's, you know, really overwhelming sometimes like, oh, my God, we could be in all these places at the same time because mm-hmm. our singers are connected to everywhere in the city. This is amazing, um, which is a great problem to have. You know, we have um, very committed singers, parents, volunteers, donors, a board, staff. So it's it's been really nice coming into this family. It's felt like a real warm embrace. I'm coming into BCC and and just being able to feel kind of how deep the love for BCC runs and how active people are and sharing their love for BCC with other folks. It must have been nice for you to have had the chance to meet members of our community through the We Sing work that's been happening this summer. I mean, I, I will say that I a little bit selfishly wanted We Sing to happen just so that I could see and hear way more singing. I mean, yeah. we hadn't. I mean, that's not the reason why we did, but I joke about it. Um, but yeah, it was so nice getting to just, you know, talk to parents uh, while they were volunteering and helping us um, get We Sing going. We're really grateful for all the folks that came to, to sing, to help move materials from one side of town to the other. It was really just, we couldn't have done it without everyone putting in their, their volunteer time. Andres, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to have you on the podcast. Anyone that has a question for Andres, feel free to write into podcast at bostonchildrenschorus.org for any questions. And Andres, do you think we might be able to get you back on the podcast in a future episode? I would I would be honored to. This is this is wonderful. Let's do it again. Fantastic. Well, have a lovely rest of your day and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Robbie. We'll talk soon. Thank you everyone who's made it to the end of this week's podcast. A bit of a longer installment this week. And hope you'll join us again next week. We have some more special guests coming on and some more information about how our season's going to open. See you next week. Goodbye.